You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,150. 54. That was a woo. Woohoo! You know, yeah. Hey! Uh, yay. yay for us! <laughs> we just, and Karen Hall is guest 1,468. Sweet. Even bigger number. That's my lucky number. There, is it? Well, well, you you know, it's a coincidence. Yeah, there, of, all the, of all the numbers. <laughs> of huh? all the numbers. The infinite possibility yeah, of numbers. It's that one. Making the right and smart investment choices is crucial to getting the most you can. You Direct IRA services help thousands of Americans invest their IRA outside the stock market into real estate, land, and more to improve their financial future. Karen Hall shares how they, her firm, stay with clients every step of the way, making sure they learn to earn. Karen, yes. welcome to the radio hey, show. Thank podcast. you so much. It's nice to have you here. Thanks. Do you have a personal story that sort of mm-hmm. helps our audience of other entrepreneurs and business owners sort of to get you mm. as an entrepreneur and business owner? Anything yeah, you want to share? Real quick. I mean, you know, uh, grade school, high school, college, uh, radio announcing for 17 years, made the logical transition into real estate, into mortgage, into property management and so forth, and was a trailing spouse for a while. Okay. And then, boom, there goes mortgage. You know, we all know what happened there. And I made the transition into self-directed IRAs 11 years ago why why because i didn't because it was i was in mortgage before (laughs) you know and so um got into the industry worked with another firm for a couple years and then branched out and opened my own okay and so let's talk a little bit about the kind of clients that you help we we like to understand from our guests the successful markets or niches Mm -hmm. that entrepreneurs have focused on can you categorize your clients into a niche or niches i I really can't because really to qualify for an ira all you need is earned income so it is pretty broad in in that sense but you need to have some level of sophistication to understand investing outside the stock market right yeah. So who is that? Then? Okay. Well, it, it's largely business owners and people who are looking to retire. You've got your money in the stock market and you're thinking, yeah, okay, it looks pretty good right now, but it, can I rely on that? I'm going to retire. This is my horizon. Maybe I should diversify, put some alternative assets in there. So it's those people who are thinking in that way. Okay. So now we're, we're starting to put some descriptions around a potential niche. So these are people who can see their retirement future coming. Yes. So they're not 20-somethings. Well, they could be, but yeah. Okay. They're very but wise by and large, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the rare, they may be the rare twenty <laughs> or thirty, rare ones, twenty yeah. or thirty year olds, correct? Who have a certain amount of, of investment capability? Is there sort of? Mm-hmm. Do you, are you looking for a certain amount of funds that would make sense, or how does that get structured? Right, when it's self directed, they're picking the assets. So they say, "Hey, here's an asset I want to invest in. Do I have enough?" So by the time you're thirty, you may have worked somewhere, left that job, and have a four hundred one k to roll over, right? And you can take that money and boom, you know, maybe be a partial investor or, or like a private placement and get in if you're accredited. Or find a deal and partner with somebody at that age and, and then build your retirement that way. Okay, so how did you pick your company's name, You Direct IRA Services? It was really, thanks, no one's ever asked me that. It was just really important to me to have a name of a company that described what we did. And mm. a lot of names were taken, but I thought, what do we, it's self-directed, You Direct. And, and that's why we came up with that name. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how long ago was that? Nine years ago. 2009. So did you expect to be where you are today, nine years ago? Oh, boy. <laughs> I was happy to be alive the next day. You know, it was, a, it was the recession. and it, There was a recession? 
Oh, nine I, years ago? I think someone forgot to tell you. Oh, I yeah, totally I missed know. it. Well, if you right? read the paper, you go... Yeah. Read, I go. launched my business in 2007. There you go. Oh, Right? Ouch. So, yeah, yeah I'm, feel, I'm very aware of the, the... Right? Well, it was good. It was a great time for self-directed IRAs because you couldn't find capital. Banks were just folding, like dropping like flies. And so where are you going to find money? And people figured out, hey, guess what? There's like 20-something trillion dollars in American retirement. And that money is like maybe 3 4% in alternative assets. Okay. So, hey, I, I, I'm raising capital, pretend. And, and you've got an IRA. I'll come to you. Hey, you, you want to invest in my deal? You say, sure. You don't even know what a self-directed IRA is. But now, instead of going to the bank, I go to you, my friend. Mm-hmm. And you lend, my, you lend money to my project, either in it, like in debt or equity position, boom, we, we're going to town. So it's a, it was a grassroots way of taking uh, funds, retirement savings funds, and using them to, to refuel our economy. So when you, it's a different value proposition today, I would think, Karin, than it was when you mm-hmm. first started. Was it, can you think back to those early days when, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you, when you direct wasn't what it is today? Yes. And what was that process like to convince people this was right. <laughs> They'd say, "Well, sh- okay, I've heard about you, but how many accounts have you opened?" And I'd be like, Six, <laughs> right. Six you know." Right. <laughs> but but the nice thing is, I'd already for two years established a reputation with another firm. People knew who I was. I spoke at all the real estate investment clubs, and they'd say, "Hey, this is my friend Karen. You know, open an account with her." And so it was through that mutual trust and referrals and the people, you know, the network. What, was speaking an integral part? Did did you do that knowing that would give you brand credibility, or did you do that because you like to stand? in front of an audience and you're a good public speaker. See all of the above. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But well, there was a strategic element to it. Of course, of course. And and plus where are people who are investors are at real estate investment clubs. And and in those early days, I mean obviously it wasn't 2009 exactly, but ultimately there were the REOs where you could get real estate for pennies on the dollar. Wow, that was such a popular mm-hmm. asset for 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 self-directed IRAs because the growth is tax-free in a Roth or tax deferred. How'd you like a tax-free house? Right. Yay. Yay. You know? Yay for you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the firm before we move on. I, I know of you through people that I met who work with you. Yes. Uh-huh. So obviously yeah. you have that. So yes. what is the structure of your your firm? Well, uh, like we're LLC with an S-Corp election. Is that what you mean? I mean, that, you have that's, people? We have people. We got people too. We've got, which really, really helps. I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, I found, I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe. We, we have, we've got 10 on staff. And wow. so that's great. So we've got, you know, we, we're divided into three departments opening the account, getting it funded, bringing the money in, and then investing. So we have people, so when your IRA is investing, you're going to be assigned to one person who holds your hand through the whole process. And and people really like that. It works uh, out real well. I think that's when the open one, I said you, you're making sure they learn to earn. Yes. What is what is behind that? Learn to earn. Well, I, I think that uh, we cannot recommend a certain investment class, but we can teach about investment classes. So what I did subsequently in 2012 is open a real estate investment uh, club, group, association, and we're called OC REIA, R-E-I-A, so Real Estate Investors Association. And OC REIA, every month we have a speaker, and they're not selling you real estate or pitching to you, or it's not a sales thing, but they're teaching you about maybe multifamily or mobile home parks, or they're teaching you about, uh, I mean, just so many different kinds of asset classes, even precious metals, or, you know, not so much in a real estate company, but what, what else do we talk about? The different strategies, tax strategies with self-directed IRAs. And who comes to it? Boy, a lot of people. We get 50 to 100 people every month. Really? Yeah, we're meeting on the 11th. We're having a note panel. What? Right. So five people who are experts in the note field, where it could be trustees 
or buying and selling um, even junior liens, performing and non-performing debt. Uh, one of our speakers is a loan servicer for private debt. Hmm. So an IRA can get into, can buy performing and non-performing debt, and IRA can be at the bank and lend the money. So we've got a, a really great moderator, Bill Tans, and he's going to be moderating this panel of five. Uh, and it'll be, it should be pretty lively. So do you find uh, the typical IRA person who has an IRA is comfortable understanding these alternative choices? Not at first. Okay. Not at that. that that's why we have the group is, is to teach, you know, learn to earn. So, so maybe you don't understand it today, but then you come to a couple of meetings and then you you network with other people hey how did you do this so at every uh, OC RIA meeting we have something called a, a deal profile where somebody comes in and says this is how I found the deal because like, everybody wants to know how do you found a deal right how do you even and then when you get it gosh you've got this cap by the table tiger by the tail what do you do with it you know right and so and then they then the, the person who's speaking will talk about then about their exit strategy so if it's real estate they found it somehow maybe they rehabbed it or just did a little lipstick and then it was either maybe they did a buy and hold or they did a flip you know and improved the property and flipped it to somebody else or the you know, they're you know whatever they're going to hold it for the rest of their lives or maybe they're going to do an airbnb right. some sort of exit strategy so people are learning from others correct oh You're- it's all about networking yes. okay i believe yeah. in the power of peer learning, yes. right? And that's what this is all about. Then you're is. bringing together people who have knowledge and people who are seeking the knowledge. Exactly. And you may not learn this at a university. I mean, this is this is on the street, you know, in the trenches kind of investing. Right, mm-hmm. right. But you've built a community now. Helped yes. thousands of people. Yes. I said that in the open. Thousands. Thousands of people. Count them. Thousands. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get a client, do you keep them for a long? I mean, they, is it a transaction or is it a, well, a, uh, a it, relationship? It depends. I mean, it's 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 kind of a transaction, but the average life of a self-directed IRA is about seven years. So a lot of times people will find a deal. Okay. And get into that deal, and then the deal will complete. Maybe it's they, it was a buy and hold or whatever it was, but now they're done. And so if they if they don't have another deal going on, which you really want to always be looking for your next deal, I would think, yeah, yeah, but, you're... yeah you're right. Okay. So some will they'll take the money and put it back in Wall Street for a while, okay, until they find their next deal, maybe bring it back, or maybe just leave it there. So we have people on all areas of the spectrum. So sidebar: is it harder with the economy and the stock market raging like it is now to? Mm-hmm convince people they should diversify or is it easier because they're feeling this kind of accumulation of wealth and their risk you know they want to protect it yeah I, I'd say that the the robust stock market does not make people feel like oh gosh I've got to look for an alternative I'll, I'll tell you right. that but we're not convincing anybody it has to be self-directed so we, we teach hey this is this is an opportunity a choice you have this is a tool you can use and once they realize it they say wow I mean what are you know their lights little bulbs go off in their head look what we could do you know right and so we're not convincing people to open accounts so much as we're teaching them what the power that they have and what they can do with it i like to ask guests about unintended consequences my latest book is about unintended consequences of strategic business decisions can you think of a time where you made a decision and when you implemented it the outcome of that strategic decision was different than what you expected intended or anticipated <laughs> oh i mean sure i mean i got shareholders initially <laughs> so so i had some people help fund the business initially okay. and uh so they came in and i thought we were all friends and let's we'll just be pals and and then it then it uh then it's like okay like shut the door on friendship now it's all business and uh-huh. that was very surprising because i from these people i didn't expect it but it's like okay you know that's fine and so we had a five-year relationship where they got a good return, and I bought them out, and we parted ways and in a friendly way. But that was an education. I mean, there was some drama, like 
every other partner. entrepreneur right? who ever had a partner. Right. You know, it's just every single time. So God bless them. They helped me, and I'm grateful. So. so can I ask you a follow-up? Sure. How long after you signed it and you were in this partnership did you begin to realize their expectations or performance was different than what you had anticipated? Pretty much straight away. I think they were passive shareholders, and they thought they were active shareholders. Oh, wow. So they were getting involved. That's and, a big difference. And they kept asking for things. Well, can I have this? Can I? And, and it's like, well, you know, there's part like being nice. Like, yeah, it doesn't hurt. You can have this. <laughs> sure, you can have this. And then it's like, okay, we got to put the brakes on this. So, And ultimately, we just came to an understanding. It's... How many were there? How many? Uh, four altogether. That's hard. Yeah. Hurting right? cats, yes. You read my mind, right? And it just takes, sometimes they feed off each other, too, a little bit. Yes, they do. Right? One gets an idea, and then next thing you know, you're defending it against three other people. And yeah. Yeah, yes. Partners, they're wonderful. <laughs> Let's move on. Can you share with our audience, because, you know, earlier you talked about peer learning. I talked about it as, as evidenced by your events. Mm -hmm. But I believe that we can learn a lot from other peers, people that are doing what we're doing. Can you think of a, a mentor or a time in your career where someone really helped you with just their knowledge of what you were trying to get done based on their experience? And Sure. I mean, I, I have a friend who, in the, when I was in the mortgage industry, who, who taught me about the mortgage industry. I was in real estate, and they taught me about, well, hey, mortgages. And then I would just, just by osmosis, just keep learning more and more by hanging out with people like, oh, gosh, you know, all the various aspects of mortgage lending, of which there are so, so very many. Right. But I think that's when I when I was a mortgage lender and in that industry, I didn't understand how to originate a loan. I started off, we called it cleaning up after the elephant. I was in servicing, <laughs> right? And then got into origination. And so, Is there a lot to clean up after oh, the elephant? I'm I know what elephants you. do. We'll talk, you know. But yeah, so um, yes, there's a lot. But but learning about origination was so interesting and what you could do. And again, the power of, of leverage. And, and it was that's how I learned from other people. So we've asked our guests who are leaders of organizations, entrepreneurs, for their guiding principle. This is what I mean. Of all the things you know, Karin, and, you know, is there a internal philosophy or code that you have brought to this business that is kind of defines the culture and also kind of sets your governance for your company as it continues to grow? It's just, you know, wake up, suit up, show up. You know, every day, put a smile on your face, positive attitude, and, and help people. That's what we're there to do. Okay. Have you found it? Is it challenging to add people to your staff? I mean, are you able to find the people that you're looking for? I haven't had a problem. Okay. I haven't had any trouble with staffing. So that's, thank goodness, you know, a lot of people do. But I think that um, because I'm part of a community, if there's an opportunity, I can put it out there. I just brought in a new outside salesperson who's part of the real estate investor community, and she's going gangbusters. So very, very happy with her. So where are you going? What's your What's your vision? Nothing confidential, but yeah, where, where mean, do you see the company? I in? mean, we're, we're not going to be the biggest self-directed IRA company on the planet, but we're going to be the best. And we, we are just that in, in our service. You know how it is, like, you're in the middle of a transaction, and, and, you're, and you've got someone on the other end of the phone that's helping you with this transaction, and you call, and, oh, they're not there. You get somebody who's, you know, been there four days, and they're at a call center in a foreign country, and you're like, ah, oh, where's my person that I told, you know, that I invested in with, with all this time? Right. And so we don't have that. When you call our company, you're going to talk to the same person, and they're going to be able to pick up where you left off, and you're going to have a relationship with that person. Oh, hey, it's me. I'm doing another deal. Oh, great. Well, and then you know each other, and you understand how it works, and so that's... That, that's how it is that that relationship provides the best service. So customer service, customer experience is important yes, to you. Yes, extremely. Okay. Is that based on your direct experience or your knowledge that it's not done well in your industry or if it's just the right thing to do for your clients? You know I, what I'm saying? It's all of it. But Right. So when we hear complaints about other 
competitors and they'll say, well, they didn't do this or they didn't do that. And it always revolves around service. And so they'll, they'll say, well, I've seen really good things about you, really good reviews about your service. And so, right. And it's also from being in that investor seat, wanting somebody on the other end to be knowledgeable. And, and so the people that we have at the office are seasoned and they've been there, you know, like seven, five, four years, you know, they're, they know what they're talking about. So I find it interesting that on one hand, you hold your team and yourself to a very high standard of customer experience. We do. And then on the other hand, you found it easy to find people that fit that model. Because how do you interview for people that have that belief that customer experience is kind of really important? As an entrepreneur, when I first started the company, I didn't know. You know, I I didn't. And so I I didn't even know what I was hiring for. I just, you know, shot it up, you know, against the wall and just say, is this going to work? But but as we progress, I think 2013, we call it the Prozac year, okay? <laughs> we, we went through a few people, but it, but it really taught me what to look for. Okay, and what skills does a good you know person have? A person who's going to succeed in our company, and that has to do with their attitude, a hundred percent. Well, I'm not saying anything revolutionary. It's always the attitude. You know, you can you can't train attitude. You can train skill, but not attitude. Right. So looking for that attitude, and also um, a real estate background. Maybe they were a processor, or they worked at an escrow title company, but they understand the language. And so those are some of the skills that we look for. Yeah, because I would think it, there's a lot to know. You've used terms that if you're not aware of what you're talking about, you might misunderstand. Yes, and so jargon. The, right? Yeah. And that would be hard, especially with investors, and yeah. you want to be able to demonstrate the level of competency to be trusted with their money? Or? Well, that's true. When somebody comes to you and, and, and they've got a sophisticated deal, you don't want us to say, well, gosh, we really don't understand this deal. <laughs> Could you go over that one yeah, more time? Yeah. Where maybe oh, you're yeah. trying to do what? Oh, I've never heard of that. Right. No, we, we don't well, say so that. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> tell me more. Yeah, I can't tell you the thousands and thousands of, of transactions that we've processed and and, th- and learned so much through each one, how, how things can can be different. Um, and, and, and we've come up with new guidelines and streamlined things and just learned so much along the along the way. But we have seen just about every uh, investment you can imagine. So this is a, if you can't answer this question, that's fine. It's not on the script. It's just a question. Okay. You t- you said the term $20 trillion earlier in this yes, discussion. Yes, it's $27 trillion right now. And what is that number? That number is comprised, oh, it, that number is the dollar amount of retirement accounts, or retirement account value in America. Eight trillion is IRAs, and then it goes down from there. 401ks, annuities, uh, maybe uh, defined benefit plans, things like this. So it, it's all retirement money in America. That sounds like a lot. It's a chunk of change. It's bigger than the national debt right now, I think. Let me see well, my national. Well, hold national, on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give it a minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> give it a minute. Okay. So, Karen Hall, if someone would like to learn more about your company, how do they find you online? Yeah, you direct the letter U, you direct IRA.com that simple yeah well thanks for being a guest on the show a friend of the program and a part of the critical mass community it's been fun oh really appreciate it thank Thank you you very much i'd also like to thank our engineer paul roberts and our producers without whom literally we could not do this show each week joan park crystal nunley and Haley stern if you'd like to connect with me on linkedin i'm richard franzi f-r-a-n-z-i and until our next show i hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 